You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. We're listening to Anita Marks. Jordan Renan. If you're looking at it from the Giants' perspective, they're totally fine with having him on the franchise tag. It's a good deal for them. Isn't that the ideal world for the Giants? Yeah, you'll just play on the franchise tag. So that's the fallback option. Is that a bad fallback option? No, business-wise, it's the best fallback option. Now, you can argue about whether we think Saquon would sit out, if we would miss time. And maybe he might for like a game or two, but like the 600K game, I have a hard time thinking Saquon's going to sit out the season. You know, maybe he'll prove a point in the opener and say, hey, go play Sunday night football, MetLife Stadium against the Dallas Cowboys. Do that without me. Let's see how good you look without me. Maybe it costs 600000 or he just says, hey, I'm not there. I'm not ready physically. You know, that, uh, that's a good way for Saquon to do it and not actually get fined for it. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you, hour three here on 98.7 ESPN with you until three o'clock this afternoon. We got Joe Wiz. He's got his own gambling show here on 98.7 ESPN. Every Saturday morning, you can listen to him. And uh, once football season starts, uh, no doubt he will be on Sunday mornings as well. Let's talk some Wimbledon, because we just had Julia Obaba on, giving us a preview. She's all over uh, Djokovic, who's favored by minus 195. I know you all too well. That's a lot of juice. Curious which way you're rolling. I'm actually going to be rooting for the youngster, Carlos, at plus 160. How are you rolling here tomorrow morning, Joe? Hi, thanks for having me back on. It feels great to be on the air. Uh, you know, when you take a look at it here, these, uh, you know, Al- Alcaraz and Djokovic have met twice head-to-head, and they've uh, won one so far. And in the semifinals, I was very impressed with uh, Carlos Alcaraz when he beat Medvedev, who's a very good player, 6-3, 6-3, 6-3. And, uh, you know, there's a lot at stake here for both players here, especially for Djokovic. Um, you know, he's looking for that number 24 and looking to tie Federer with eight Wimbledon titles. Um, but, you know, I have both of these players evenly matched and maybe a slight nod to Nolak, but um, right now Carlos is the number one ranked player at Wimbledon and uh, he's at plus 160. I'm expecting this to go the distance, five sets, and I'm calling for the upset with Carlos Alcaraz. I'm going with the youngster, plus the 160. Uh, that's who I like. And you think it's going to go the distance? You think it's going to go five, set, five, five sets? Yeah. Yes, I do, and I think that might be a factor as well with the going the distance on the grass. Uh, I was very impressed with seeing Carlos. He's had a lot of mental issues, Carlos. And tennis, I don't know if you've ever played tennis, but tennis is a very, very mental game. And uh, Carlos Alcaraz, you know, there were articles about him, you know, where he was, you know, thinking about committing suicide years ago. And then uh, there's a recent article in the newspaper about him uh, and his father that they were taping Djokovic practice uh, with a tennis lesson with some of, some of his tennis days. So there's a lot of mental stuff going on between these two. And tennis, when you're on that court, it's just you and the other person. There's nobody else there. Um, and, uh, you know, Carlos and, uh, Alcaraz can win that mental aspect, which is such a tough part to win. If he can win that, uh, he has a chance of pulling off the upset. Again, Joe is joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's turn our attention to some hometown baseball. The Mets are hosting the Dodgers yet again. Unfortunately, they lost them last night. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, definitely an advantage here in regard to uh, their pitcher. Um, Singa is, is, is on the bump for the Mets tonight. Uh, they are favored to win this matchup on the money line, minus 120. The Dodgers at even money. What say you? 
you know, when you take a look at the Gonsolin pitcher for the Dodgers, the Dodgers have won five in a row, either, and they were struggling in the uh, NL West, but all of a sudden they've taken over. They're now in first place in the NL West, and uh, they might remain there for the rest of the season. They've won five in a row. And you know, during this five-game winning streak, they've outscored the opposition 38-15, to 15, including last night when they just completely embarrassed the Mets 6 to nothing. I mean, that was just really embarrassing because the Mets thought they had some glimmer of hope. And now they got Kodai Senga. Uh, and Kodai Senga comes in with a record of 7-5, 331 ERA. And, you know, they're going to need another performance the way Senga pitched in his last start and prior to the All-Star game, July 5th in Arizona, where he only gave up one run and struck out 12 in the win over Arizona. Um, the pitching matchup indicates the Mets with Senga over Gonsolin. Um, I like the Mets small here. Um, not a big play for me here, I just, you know, because the Dodgers have been playing so well. But I just think from the mental aspect of it, the Mets need to win this game here. They got Scherzer pitching tomorrow. He's already complaining that he has, his neck isn't 100%, and he's got a stiff neck and all that other stuff here. Mets lose this game here. This might be it for them. They will be selling if they haven't already made that decision because that'll be another series they've lost here. It's an absolute must-win game for the Mets after the last night's embarrassing performance, and I'm expecting them to come out and react and play well today yeah from your mouth to the uh the baseball god's ears uh for sure the yankees they're on the road uh they're in colorado they lost as well um but they are favored to win tonight even though schmidt is on the bump uh minus 165 on the money line plus 140 for the colorado rockies at home which way are you flowing here you know, when you take a look at his Schmidt's pitcher for the Yanks, four and six, but overall, you know, we talked about him in the past on the air here. Uh, his record's a little bit deceiving. I think he's a better pitcher than his record indicates here. But the Yanks have lost two in a row, going back to the All-Star when they lost that terrible game on Sunday. They cost me money. They were labor Torres, um, you know, cost them the game. They were talking uh, about that. But, you know, the Yanks have lost five of six as well. But, you know, they if they can't beat Seaball here, Seaball's one and six in either with a 6.65 ERA, not to mention to Colorado is the third worst team in all of baseball here. This is an absolute must win also. And uh, all the New York fans are going to love me here because I'm picking the both the Mets and the Yankees to both win tonight. Uh, and let's turn our attention to what's going on uh, with some soccer. I know you're all about the Red Bulls. You like them today. Well, Harvey, your producer, is a, a big Red Bulls fan here. I've been playing against them a lot. Red Bulls are big dogs here, plus 265. They're on the road at Real Salt Lake. I think they do have a shot today, Anita, because Real Salt Lake is not that good of a team. Red Bulls have been competitive here. They have a very good defensive team. The problem is they just can't score any goals. And uh, Real Salt Lake isn't that great of a team here. They're 9-7. and seven, But, um, you know, with the, with the value, they're plus 265. I like the Red Bulls. And in the other local game, NYCFC is playing Philadelphia. Philadelphia won the Eastern Conference last year, lost to LAFC in the championship game last year. Um, Philadelphia at home, NYCFC is going to have their hands full. I like Philly uh, at uh, just about a pick here uh, over NYFC. Uh, so Philly, but we're giving the Red Bulls a shot to win on the road. And last but not least, uh, this is the opening weekend for Saratoga, which is really exciting. A lot of people like to head down there, or I should say up there, sorry. Uh, and, and spend quite a bit of time and, uh, and gamble on the ponies. Is there any race, any horse you're looking at this afternoon? 
Oh, yeah, I always look at every race. The good thing about horse racing, and you know, what I love about it is every 20 minutes, there's a different race. Uh, you know, Saratoga is about 30 minutes, a little bit longer. But when you're betting, say, Saratoga and Mammoth and another track, there's, you know, as soon as, you know, that race is over, you start thinking, and if you won, you take your money and, you know, see what you're going to do with it here. But in the, uh, in the ninth race, the Kelso, uh, there's a horse called uh, Casa Creed with Luis Sayas and Mott. Uh, you're going to get him at 5-2. to two. may go off as a second choice. Uh, um, the uh, eight horse, and then in the ninth, uh, in the tenth race, um, I like uh, Arad Ortiz with McPeak, the one horse, um, and you'll get some value with him right now. He's at eight to one, and uh, these are two-year-olds, so anything's possible with the two-year-olds. Um, I do like uh, Call of Calvary with Arad Ortiz, who's one of the best jockeys in the country. Need a real quick question I have for you here. I know you talk about pickleball all the time. Now I've never played before, so if you and me play in Hoboken, what are the odds? <laughs> You'll probably get pickled, <laughs> which means you wouldn't score What's one. What's that? I said you'd probably okay. get pickled, which means that you probably wouldn't score one point. All right. Well, if you, I'm if you've never, if I'm you've never, ready, if you've never played before, you're saying you've never ever played pick. You've never grabbed the paddle. You've never nothing. Nope. I play tennis. I play tennis and I've played in a couple of tournaments, minor tournaments, nothing major, but I haven't played, never played pickleball. So, you know, um, I definitely, uh, you know, would like to see if we can arrange some sort of a match there somewhere towards the end of the summer so I can get a couple of uh, matches uh, under my belt. Yeah. Hey, listen, anytime, anytime you want to come out here to Hoboken, we've got six open courts. It's, it's public courts. Um, and we're banging from uh, 6.30 in the morning all the way until we're, we're kicked off the courts sometime around 9 o'clock at night. So you let me know. Okay. All right. Joe, thank you so much. Always great having you on. Again, Joe Wins, he's got his own gambling show right here on 98.7 ESPN every Saturday morning. So make sure you tune in. And, of course, uh, even more so when, uh, when the NFL season kicks off, which will be here before we know it. Anita Marks with you on the Saturday afternoon. More to come. We'll hear from Buster Olney this hour as well here on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The 
playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you here on 98.7 ESPN. I want to remind you, get ready to tee them high and let them fly at the ESPN New York Tee It Up Golf Challenge presented by Jake's 58 Casino Hotel on Tuesday, July 25th at Wind Watch Golf and Country Club in Long Island where 60 teams will compete for great prizes and bragging rights. Purchase your twosome today at ESPNNewYorkGolf.com. Join Rick, DiPietro, Rothenberg, Bart Scott, Alan Hahn, and special guests. All proceeds benefit the Garden of Dreams Foundation. Individual tickets for cocktails and dinners are also available. It's ESPN New York Tee It Up Golf Challenge presented by Jake's 58 Casino Hotel, brought to you by Don Julio Tequila, All-American Auto Group, Kettle One Vodka, Smart Water, White Claw Hard Seltzer, Aviation American Gin, Juggernaut Wines, and Schweppes Ginger Ale, Learn more at ESPNNewYork.com. Uh, we've got Harvey and Joe who are producing the show right now. I'm really surprised, and we're going to hear from Buster Olney coming your way in just a few minutes, uh, talking all things Major League Baseball. I'm really surprised that no comment from you guys after the discussion I had with Ben Ruda earlier this morning, this afternoon. I mean, the way that they use analytics, it would makes sense as to why Josh Donaldson's still a member of the Yankees. So that's You're just you're just not believing that the Yankees go out and hire anyone off of Twitter. No, that that I, I think That threw you? That comment threw you? I'm not saying that everything that Ben said was was false, but I would I would probably bet against uh, a billion multi-billion dollar company hiring people in that capacity for that specific job off off of Twitter. Well, don't you find it Interesting that they hired people from NASA who have no baseball experience at all to come in and teach their minor league system how to bat? No, because, I mean, we've seen that with other organizations, the Oakland A's hiring people from Yale. So there's been more business degrees in baseball than in years past. That, That doesn't really surprise me that they're going to those lengths, but again... I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying I like that, but it doesn't really surprise me that they're hiring people from NASA. Yeah, listen, I've played professional sports. I've played organized sports. With all due respect, I'm not, I'm, I would be hard pressed to have a brainiac, with all due respect, again, um, probably making more money than I would in life. Uh, because of you know uh, how how intelligent they are, so all due respect there. But I'm not going to have some brainiac tell me how to read a cover two, who's never played football before. <laughs> that's a joke. It just seems like that's where we're at with a lot of this in sports. Is it, a lot of the people that have never played before are getting in positions of power that make decisions and. That kind of blend, I think, could potentially be healthy. I mean, you can ask, uh, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs. You could ask the Houston Astros. I, I think they use analytics to, to the best of their advantage when they're not banging on trash cans or using buzzers. Oh, well, there's that. Uh, if, if you missed it, Ben Ruda, former Yankee, spent the majority of his time in the minors, 
Um, had a few cups of coffee in the majors with the Yankees. Joined me earlier today at 1230. If you missed that interview, it was very enlightening. Uh, very surprised for me. I, I just, I found it to be quite surprising and enlightening in regard to um, the firing of Lawson and the hiring of Sean Casey, which he thinks is two thumbs up and is much needed for an organization that since 2018 has possibly been hiring the wrong people to manage the minor leagues and, and could be a huge reason as to why the Yankees have not had a homegrown hitter uh, with experience and talent uh, in this lineup since, uh, since 2008. So uh, if, if you missed that interview, you can go on our Twitter site, either mine, at Anita Marks, or 98.7 ESPN, and it is up there in the podcast form, and I highly recommend you listen to it. Uh, like I said, pretty, pretty surprising stuff. So, uh, so Thursday and Friday, I filled in for Alan Hahn. So I got the pleasure of uh, hosting and, and doing three hours with Bart Scott, uh, which was an absolute blast. Um, he's just so fun to do a show with. And needless to say, it's fun to, to do a show with somebody that you, that you can have conversation with. And no disrespect to you guys. I, I love working with Harvey and Joe um, you know, is, is the producers, but you know, to, to, to co-host with somebody is, is really, um, it's, it's, it's a walk in the park considering doing three or four hours by yourself. Uh, that's kind of difficult talking to yourself for three to four hours. Uh, and, and that's why I so much appreciate the phone calls and the caller interaction we get on the program. Please understand how much I appreciate you, whether you agree or disagree with me or not. I always welcome people to call into the show, but, uh, needless to say, we had Buster Olney on our program yesterday, uh, wanted to do a deeper dive into, um, you know, the firing or was it Thursday? I think he was on with us. I wanted to do a deeper dive into the firing of Lawson, the hiring of Sean Casey. Um, and, and also Buster has been out there and very vocal in regard to where potentially Otani could land, right? There's a lot of expectation that he's going to be traded from the Angels. He wants to stay. What's been reported is he wants to stay on the West Coast. Does he make it out East? If he does, is it with the Yankees? Is it with the Mets? So all those questions teed up, no pun intended, for Buster Olney. We'll talk to him next here on 90.7 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. So a few people have asked me before, why is it called pickleball? Um, 
And one, there, there's a variety of, of answers to that online. And one of them, and of course, you'll understand why this is the one I want to believe. Uh, the gentleman who created Pickleball uh, created Pickleball and they would play right outside his house. I want to say it's either South Carolina, North Carolina, maybe it's Seattle, something like Maybe I think it's Seattle. And uh, anyway, so he had a dog named Pickle. And so when they would play, Pickle would, would steal the ball and run away with the ball. And so apparently, so they called it Pickleball because he had a dog named Pickle. So that, listen, I love that story. I'm rolling with it. That's how Pickleball got its name. Just FYI. Uh, without further ado, like I said, uh, filling in for Alan Hahn this week, Buster Olney was kind enough to join us on the program, Barton Hahn, talking about the Yankees and the Mets. We started number one with Otani, the news out there that potentially could be traded from the Angels. Where could he potentially go? Let's listen in. The latest is, as of today, he's not available. The Angels are taking phone calls. If, if you guys as a show want to call the Angels today and make an <laughs> offer for Otani, they will take down the information and they will at some point run it up the line to uh, owner, owner Artie Moreno. Um, you know, there's more stuff out there today. I think it's just repackaged. The, the Angels' uh, stance really hasn't changed since Otani joined the team. They are willing to listen to offers, and they will be, I think, all the way up to the deadline. And at some point, it's already Moreno's decision. This is not a front office decision when you're talking about a player of this caliber. Artie Moreno is the one who has to decide whether or not he actually wants to trade him. Last year at the deadline, from what I understand, the Angels front office did his due diligence. They gathered all the information. They took it to Artie. Uh, this is what potentially could be out there. And Artie, from what I understand, went crazy, and he was furious. He didn't like the idea of even considering trading Otani, and you can understand that, uh, especially now when he's in the midst of arguably the greatest season ever, uh, something we've never seen before. He's on a pace at 56 homers, challenge Aaron Judge, American League record for home runs, you know, driving 125 runs, strike out 235 guys as a pitcher, um, and look, the, I think the right baseball move, because the Angels' chances of making the postseason at this moment are at 11%. The right baseball move probably would be to, you know, to seriously consider taking players in return for Otani. But man, that would be a difficult decision if you're if you're already because you're talking about delivering a guy having such this amazing season uh, and essentially telling your fan base you delivered the guy out of town, as opposed to the easier political move, which is just to hang on to him. Let him chase the records and the, the accolades during the year. He becomes a free agent, walks away. Artie, at that point, could say, look, it was his choice. He got a bigger offer than us, and, uh, and you, know, good, you know, God bless him and, and good luck to him. Um, and so that's why I think a lot of people are skeptical uh, by the time we get the trade deadline that the Angels will actually make the move to, to, uh, to deal him. But, but Artie has to be realistic, correct, Buster, when, and considering and understanding that Otani wants to win and understand the culture of the, you know, the Asian culture about how they respect winning. I remember watching from another sport them talking about why Kobe, why Jordan was so revered in Asia was because they won. And I'm, I'm sure Otani, he has to know that he has two of the best baseball players in the game right now in him and Trout, and they got nothing yep. to show for it. And Otani's not going to stay around. So I, I'm, I'm asking – what does it mean if he lets him chase the records in an Angels uniform but then loses him next year and don't have anything to show for it? 
isn't this the time now? And do we know if Otani is even willing to come to the East Coast? We don't know that. In fact, I had a general manager last month say to me, uh, if anybody pretends to know what Otani's thinking, they're full of garbage. Uh, I think everyone is wondering, will he play on the East Coast? He is, in the end, money going to dictate his decision. So if the, you know, the Mets throw out an offer that's $100 million more than any other team, would Otani choose to play for them versus playing on a West Coast team? We don't know. Um, he shocked the baseball world with his decision the last time when he chose the Angels over other clubs. Uh, there's been a ton of uh, you know speculation in front offices around baseball that in the end he chose the Angels because he wanted to play in Southern California, uh, and the Dodgers didn't at that time uh, didn't uh, because the National League didn't have the DH didn't have access to that position for him. Now does he look at the Dodgers differently now that they can use the DH on a daily basis? We don't know. Um, so th- there's a ton of unknown. And look, I agree with you. I think that uh, there, it, there's no doubt that baseball-wise for the Angels, if they want to win in 2024 after Otani leaves, if in fact he leaves, uh, their best choice is to, to trade him now and get some guys who are going to help them win. But I, I do think it's a lot more complicated decision because you guys you know, know the name Harry Frazee for one reason. He was the owner of the Red Sox when he, he delivered Babe Ruth to the Yankees. And that is in the first, you know, his, his uh, Wikipedia page, that's what he's remembered for. If Artie Moreno <laughs> trades the best player in the world at the height of his career in the middle of his last season, that's what's going to be on Artie's Wikipedia page. And that is not an easy reality. Yeah, but here's here's what the reality is, Buster. This Angels team is fourteen and thirteen. Their last seventeen games. Yep. So you you've you've got you've got a guy who's and and by the way, just let me preface by saying I spent a good hour on my weekend show just talking about how we are witnessing greatness and nobody's tuning in, right? Nobody's tuning like like you know I'll go to the pickleball court and and strike up sports talk conversation and nobody's watching it. And it's, it's just, it blows my mind because we, we, we're so uberly blessed uh, to be in, in, in the presence of greatness right now, but nobody's tuning in. Don't you think that narrative, could you just imagine the impact? Like, like he has to be thinking about this. His, his, you know, his party, his team has to be discussing it. Just imagine the impact if this type of otherworldly greatness makes his way across the country to play for the Yankees. Wow. Now the world will be watching. Agree or disagree, Buster? I agree with you a hundred percent, but I got to say, and I, you know, just to talk with people inside and outside their angels organization, they don't have any feel for whether any of that is actually important to Otani. Um, you know, I, I suggested when we do Sunday night baseball this week, cause we have the angels against the Astros that we do, something where you you entitle it autonomy because that's what he has within their organization everything you hear is it's all baseball with him he lives in in a place within walking distance of the ballpark he goes there he does his own work he's on his own program he's not necessarily doing a lot of stuff that the other players do he is in the lineup when he wants to be in the lineup he pitches you know after talking with with the with the staff but basically, he's pitching when he wants to pitch. They don't ask him to do any appearances. He speaks to the media once a week. 
He essentially dictates terms. So the idea that that guy who's enjoyed all this autonomy is necessarily going to say, yeah, I want to go to New York and I want to have you know the pressure and the media and all the appearances and have to shake hands with sponsors because uh, you know an owner asked me to do it. Nobody knows that that's actually what he wants. But, and, but and I've never I've never seen a player like this who has incredible leverage to dictate terms of where he's going to go. And no one has a feel at this point, whether it's money, it's baseball, it's winning, exactly what's driving him. I mean, we all know great players. It becomes comes down to, to legacy. We see that with Dane Dollar. We see that with other play, other great players. So I, I think all great players kind of think alike. And, yeah, he could be an outlier, but I, I doubt it. I think he's a player that wants the spotlight. I think he's a guy that would, I think, enjoy being the face of baseball. I think if he came over to the to – the, to the, uh, you know, to the East Coast, he could possibly be famous to the likes of Messi, uh, Neymar. He can he can be a global star, and I think you know that you know him being on the West Coast and playing for the Angels and not playing meaningful baseball is holding him back. Now the question is, like, do you think that the Giants or the Dodgers have a better chance than New Yorker, where he want to slay the beast? And do you think that Singa, being on the team with him? could give some insight to how he thinks Otani thinks and could the Mets be a dark horse? Well, I think the Mets potentially could be a dark horse because everyone wonders if Steve Cohen would be the guy in the, in the poker game to throw the biggest pile of chips in the middle of it and make him an offer he can't refuse. You know, let's say that the Dodgers offer, you know, $600 million and what if uh, Steve Cohen drops in $750? Then, then, then it's a different choice. You know, and then we'll know about it. And I will push back on the idea that, you know, he wants to be the face of the sport. Because remember, when he made the choice to go to the Angels, he bypassed the Yankees, the Mets, all these other franchises, which nah, could have probably sick. marketed him. Yeah, he was homesick, though. That's like, going to, that's like going to college. Now he realized that he's not afraid of college anymore. Now he's a big boy. He's like, listen, they got private jets. I'll probably get one of these old-school Concords out of, out of the museum and, and, and speed, speed fly my family across town. Now I think, I think now he understands and he's accustomed to being in America. Now I don't think the East, the East Coast, West Coast bothers him anymore. I think now he's focusing more on legacy. Just my opinion from an athletic standpoint. Bart, I will, I will just, again, I'll push back. I will tell you that, like, he does not do, like, you know, he has opportunities every day to do a ton of media and endorsements and all this other stuff. He doesn't do it. Like, he, he, he's shielded. He, 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 if you go to the Angels and say, hey, we want Otani to wear the microphone for us on Sunday night, they immediately say, look, it's out of our hands. you got to call the agent. And, and, and that's. That's, that's what would happen if ESPN called or the Riverside Press Enterprise. Everything, he's completely shielded from doing anything. And in the end, that's his choice. And that's his right to, to make that decision. But if that's how he prefers to live his life, not dealing with idiots like me, it's going to be a tough call for him to come, actually come to New York. That's why I think no one really knows exactly what he wants. Does he look at Trout as as – he doesn't want his career and his legacy to be like Trout, the best player in the game, never to win anything, never to have any big moments. The biggest moment we've seen Trout on is in the World Baseball class. He choked in that one. Um, look, I'd just be guessing, you know, what, uh, what he wants exactly. I do know this, is that once he gets into free agency, 
if he's willing to listen. Just because, like the last time, all of these teams, you know, the Yankees, the Mets, uh, the Dodgers, uh, the Padres, they all made major presentations to him, and within about .2 seconds after he was able to make a decision, he quickly chose the Angels and kind of made, you know, the Cubs, uh, the Yankees, other teams mad. Like, wait a second, we just went through this dog and pony show doing presentations and we don't even really feel like we were seriously considered in that in the end he wanted to play in Anaheim, which is why, as I say, the, the industry guess for a lot of people is, is that he wants to play on the West Coast, Southern California, with access to the DH. Uh, and if that's the case, you know, wait and see. All I know is if he is open-minded to coming to the East Coast, my God, you talk about a perfect storm of bitters when he becomes a free agency because all these teams would be dying to have him. No doubt. Uh, Buster only joining us here on, on 98.7 SVN. Buster, you know, and, and again, I, I mentioned him on, on my weekend show, and, and I had a caller who called in and said, because I said, uh, my, my question was, why isn't there more buzz? Why isn't this appointment television for a lot of people, besides the fact that the majority of his games start at 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock on the East Coast? Um, and, and one of the callers said, well, he doesn't speak English. What 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 is his, uh, does he have a translator? Is he somewhat um you know what, what what is that you know what what what's his level of, of of english in regard to when he does speak to the media yeah um well he always works for a translator i i really don't think that uh that's why we don't hear buzz i think first and foremost the angels have stunk i think bart's exactly right that you know the fact that he's not playing on a preeminent team that that is uh you know, that's a big reason why. And I mentioned the second thing. He just doesn't do much media. Like, he has an opportunity to grab microphones any time he wants. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he shielded, uh, and I'm sure at his behest, uh, from doing all this stuff. I would say this. If, in fact, the Angels decide to trade him before the deadline, and if, in fact, let's say he does wind up with the Yankees, because just talking with executives of the team, you know, they look at, you know, the potential field of bidders, Texas Rangers trying to get into the postseason first time in a decade. The Tampa Bay Rays trying to back up what they did during the season. Uh, and the Yankees, who might have more uh, reason to be motivated than anybody because they've got all these guys who are in the middle of their careers, absolute prime, Judge, Stanton, and Garrett Cole. This is their window now. Uh, and if Otani were to go to the Yankees for the stretch drive and end October, Anita, the buzz that you would be looking for would be there. <laughs> I, I, I seriously, it just it, it blows my mind. Um, but again, Buster only joining us. Uh, so so let's switch gears and, and talk about what is going on with the Yankees. And they fire uh, their their batting coach, their hitting coach Lawson. They hire Sean Casey. I had a very interesting conversation, Buster, with a former Yankees minor league player yesterday, talking about how when Lawson came in, in 2018, he cleared house, and the Yankees brought in all these guys from NASA these analytic guys uh, into their minor league system who have no idea, who apparently had no idea what baseball was about, never played major league baseball, had no major league baseball experience. And this minor leaguer said that, you know, with this move, uh, you know, he would imagine that everybody in the minors is absolutely thrilled. And that he's hoping that they go back in the right direction where at one point in time, they had almost 40 coaches in their minor league system that had major league experience and they weren't solely really uh, leaning on and, and, and all about analytics. With that being said, 
your thoughts on Sean Casey coming in and how soon can Yankee fans see results when it comes to batting? Because this, this is a Yankees lineup. They're only hitting 231. By the way, 218 with Judge out of the lineup, Buster. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Uh, and, and look, I, you know, I've known Brian Cashman since he took over as general manager in 1998. As you guys know, this is not something he does in season. He doesn't believe in it. He doesn't believe in scapegoating. I got to believe this is not a move made without getting the, I mean, approval is not the right word, but, you know, the feedback from people in the clubhouse and that uh, they wouldn't make this move if all the players were saying, yeah, we got to keep this guy. And I, and it is, you know, interesting and not a surprise because we see these with coaches all the time that the Yankees do, you know, a 180 in the hiring. You go from someone who doesn't have much of a, you know, professional uh, track record as a player to someone who played for years in the minor league or in the major leagues. And you guys know Sean Casey. You know, I was texting back and forth with someone like, geez, I hope this, you know, helps him overcome his shyness. Sean Casey is one of these guys who walk into any party and just light up the room. And so if you're Anthony Rizzo, you're Giancarlo Stanton, and, and you see him today, he's going to be like, hey, what's going on? He's the, he's the life of the party in every room that he's in. He's going to lighten the mood. He also knows hitting mechanics. I think, you know, considering where they are, I'm not surprised that they're making their move because let's face it, they, they are hopeful the judge will come back. Guys, he's one setback away from maybe missing the rest of the season, so they got to bring him back slowly you know, hopefully add from their perspective before the trade deadline and, and hope that the hitters turn it around. With, with, with that being said, you know, you know, we, we kind of tongue-in-cheek, we heard Derek Jeter and what his suggestion was. Do you think maybe the Yankees reach out to, uh, to the Padres about Soto? Um, I, I know uh, Brian, when he does his business, he, he calls everybody. And so, you know, what the signal's coming from the Padres organization right now is that they're, you know, hey, we got a 33% chance to make the playoffs according to fan graphs, uh, and we're not ready to sell. And at the moment, Soto's not available. That could change. You have a bad week now. You get buried in the standings. And because he's not signed to a long-term deal and he's a free agent after next year, you got to believe the Padres will at least have the conversations. But keep in mind, they get basically gave up their minor league system to get him last year, and so the asking price is going to be incredibly high. Um, and I, I just, knowing the personalities involved, I tend to doubt that uh, the Yankees would meet that sort of asking price uh, for Soto, where the Padres are going to try to recoup all that value that they gave up to get him last year. Buster, before we let you go, uh, let's switch our attention to what's going on with the Mets. And again, a great article out or column out on ESPN.com, just power rankings and improbability of a number of teams. So uh, for the Yankees, 1% chance of winning the division and the championship, 41% chance of making it to the playoffs. As for the Mets, 0% chance of making the division or winning the championship and only 7% (laughs) FBI to uh, to make it to the playoffs, uh, projected total of uh, of wins seventy eight. Now they're kicking off eleven games uh, coming out of the All Star break, and it's not going to be easy sledding. The Dodgers, Boston, and of course two against the Yankees. We heard Steve Cohen come out just about two weeks ago and said if things don't turn around, possible fire sale with Max Scherzer, Verlander, and who knows who else. How do you see this playing out the next few weeks, Buster? What what do you think happens as we get closer to the trade deadline for the Mets? 
Yeah, and what Steve said in that press conference made it really easy for everyone who's reporting on this because he, he, he was pretty bare. Uh, he was pretty open about what their intentions are. Look, they played better in the last days and I can t- before the break, and I can tell you that you know they feel like Max Scherzer you know, re- found, rediscovered his slider. So that's a good sign. Uh, Justin Verlander has been tinkering with his, you know, his height release on this fastball, and that seems to have gotten better. Starling Marte, you know, as he comes back from the double hernia surgery, it looked like there's more life in his body, so maybe he turns it around. But, man, they've got a mountain to climb. I mean, you laid out the schedule, uh, and on top of that, they're in the same division with the team that right now, I think everyone would agree on paper, is the best in baseball, the Braves. The Phillies have been playing out of their minds in the shadow of the Braves. They're 23-9 and since uh, uh, June 3rd with an ERA of 2.96. you get got the Marlins, who would make the playoffs today despite the fact that Sandy Alcantara, the defending NL Cy Young Award winner, um, you know, ha- has not had a great season so far. That could turn around. That it, It's going to be difficult for the Mets to, to climb all the way back. If they sell, then the names I'm hearing from other teams, David Robertson, there would be a ton of teams on him because of his experience, his excellence against left-handed hitters uh, with his breaking ball, Tommy Pham. And what the feedback I'm getting from other teams about Max Scherzer is, yeah, he's got a track record. He should be unanimous selection for the Hall of Fame. But right now they don't see the value because this time of year, you know, teams stretch to add 4 or $5 million in salary for the, you know, the last two months. Max Scherzer's owed $14 million for August and September. He's got the injury history that he does the last couple of years. And on top of that, he's got a full no-trade clause. So what I'm hearing from executives of other teams is, look, at some point, if the Mets want to approach him and see if he'll waive his no-trade clause, maybe he'd be open to it. But they're not going to get that much in return, especially, uh, you know, only and, – and they would only get a you know, decent return, I think, if they offset a lot of the money it's owed to them. Again, Buster Olney, uh, so kind to join uh, Bart Scott and, and me uh, on the program uh, in for Alan Hahn this week, and such great insight. Uh, quick break. We come back. It's my last segment before I pass the baton on to Ty Butler. So phone lines are open, 800-919-3776. Uh, comments in regard to what Buster just said are three big topics today, waiting patiently for Saquon Barkley and the Giants to make an agreement with a contract to move forward and get him into camp when camp's open. Also, both the Yankees and the Mets struggling. Um, do they have enough juice this season uh, to to potentially just try to make it in as a wild card? Uh, right now, where things sit, that's the best option for both teams. 